Hi, I'm Brenda Burns, and this is the Vienna Assembly of God Sermons Podcast. Thank you for listening. It's an honor to share this time with you. Learn more about the ministries of Vienna Assembly of God at ViennaAG.com. Please leave your comments and reviews on the platform where you're listening. And now for today's message. This is our eighth Sunday in this series on Psalms, and I believe we're wrapping it up today. Now, if the Lord calls me back here again, I, I don't know if you remember last year we were in the book of Revelation, and when it got towards the end, I was like, oh, there's so much more. We're probably going to have to come back. I feel the same way about Psalms. Like, we're, gonna, we're just going to have to come back here again another time, but... What we're going to do today is look at the very first psalm and then the very last psalm. And that, that, you know, bookend it that way for this final Sunday at this time in the series on psalms. We have learned how that psalms are in the genre of Hebrew poetry and that within that there's a lot of different um, classifications, at least seven different types. And that's true. these two psalms we're looking at today are different from each other. Psalm 1 is a wisdom psalm. Psalm 150 is a hymn. So I want to talk a moment about wisdom literature. Wisdom literature is a special class within Scripture that provides instruction, and it applies to everyday life. It often compares the outcomes for choosing the right way, the righteous, the wise person, etc., compared to those choosing the wrong way, the wicked or the fool or something like that. Jesus employed the model of wisdom teaching in many of his sermons. Um, For example, what we have labeled the Sermon on the Mount, as well as his teachings and sayings throughout his ministry. They were often in this model of wisdom teaching. I love this explanation of biblical wisdom literature from Dr. Scott Ellington. First off, he says, wisdom teaches us to handle our relationships in such a way as to promote harmony, contentment, and fullness of life. And I think that's very true that wisdom is very often talking about our relationships and how we get along with each other. He also notes that such questions as the suffering of the innocent the justice of God and the meaning of sickness and death are met head on by the wisdom writers. Other topics such as the sacredness of human sexuality and the glory of God's creation are most fully thought out and discussed in the wisdom writings of the scripture. But this part all really caught me. He said, biblical wisdom is the place where more than anywhere else, the Bible meets the world. And what he means by that is that in some ways, wisdom writings are the most multicultural portions of the Old Testament. And then he gives these examples of how from around the world, every culture has some wisdom sayings. So here are some of these wisdom sayings 
from around the world. When there is more than enough, more than enough is wasted. <laughs> That's from the Bantu in Africa. Another one. Keep five yards from a carriage, 10 yards from a horse, and 100 yards from an elephant. But the distance one should keep from a wicked man cannot be measured. And that comes from India. <laughs> Do you recognize it? <laughs> um, another one. Until the lions have their historian, tales of the hunt shall always glorify the hunter. And <laughs> that's from Azerbaijan. Um, between two friends, even water drunk together is sweet. And that's from Zimbabwe. Uh, from Jamaica, keep your shop and your shop will keep you. And from Guatemala, everyone is the age of their heart. So part of what this is showing us is it's a multicultural reality to have wisdom teachings, but they are very much trying to address practical things and to be easily understandable. Wisdom is practical. It is easily understood. And cultures around the world have this method of pithy sayings to help us make um, wisdom more plain. It, wisdom is practical. It's not trying to be subtle or nuanced. It is given to us <laughs> to be easy to understand. And so it is wise to say, oh, yeah, I get that. Not to, say, not to say, well, if you think about it like this, then maybe, you know, when you're looking at a wisdom teaching, you need to just say, this is the way. This is, it's explaining this to me. So we're going to look at Psalm 1. It is a wisdom psalm. And then think about this for a moment. And uh, we're reading this in the New International Version today. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction." This is the word of the Lord. Father, I pray for your anointing to just continue here today. Help our minds and hearts be open to receive the word you have for us today. Anoint me as I speak it in Jesus' name. Amen. So it starts out with the word blessed. Blessed is the one 
who does these things. Or actually, it's, it, it says who doesn't do these things at first. And it says another way that, that can be translated in the New Living Translation, it says, Oh, the joys for the one. And, and it, the word blessed in the scripture can also be translated happy. So I want to talk a moment about this concept of being blessed. The blessing of God is something to be desired. It is a good thing to receive the blessing of God. It is in God's character to bless. He bestows blessing. There is power in blessing. The word has become so common <laughs> that we don't fully appreciate it. And or we may feel somewhat inhibited from using it too much because we don't want to adopt an attitude of being like the bless me club. Bless me, Lord, bless me, Lord, bless me, Lord, uh, where that's all we ever talk about. And, that we, and we don't want to reduce the good news of Jesus Christ to just that. Am I right? Have we felt that before? So, but here's the thing. The truth of God's blessing is real. It is foundational in the scripture. The fact that the scripture gives us some specific wisdom regarding God's blessing is an amazing gift. We are not left to wander around looking for the secret portal somewhere to get to God's blessing. He tells us exactly, very clearly, what God blesses, who God blesses. So what does it mean to be blessed? Another way to say that, what does it mean to be happy? Are you happy? If so, why? And if not, why? Biblical blessing and happiness do not equal the absence of suffering, pain, grief, and sadness. Biblical blessing and happiness does not mean that everything is easy street from now on. But the concept of blessing in Scripture undeniably does mean this, a sense of God's favor, and that that favor extends to living and receiving success and prosperity. This is written in the Scriptures as a description of the blessing of God. Now, I use that word prosperity directly from the scripture and from the commentaries talking about the concept of blessing. But the current state of things is this, that we've gotten a bit unsure about prosperity because we hear warnings from all corners about the prosperity gospel and its ill effects. And I will say, I have concerns. I have serious concerns about some 
of the teachings that are out there. However, it would be wrong to suggest that God does not graciously pour out blessings on his people. And I want to encourage us to remember that. The Bible shows that God is the source of blessing. And when we acknowledge him in all of our ways and look to him to be our source, we can experience the blessing of God in our lives that is sweet and that is good. And in this season of bad news everywhere, every corner, whether it's relationships or um, wars and rumors of wars or the financial state of the world or whatever, I get it. There's bad news out there. We need to hear some good news and remember that as the people of God, we can receive the blessing of God. We can follow the wisdom that he's given us. And he promises that when we do that, we will receive his blessing. Amen. Just to add to this, I want to I share a couple of New Testament references to blessing. From Galatians 3.14, through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles, I think that's all of us in here, with the same blessing he promised to Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. <laughs> Pour your spirit out, O Lord. In Ephesians 1, 3, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Frequently in the New Testament, the concept of blessing is expressed along with bestowing the gift of peace. In Acts 15, they stayed for a while and then the believers sent them back to the church in Jerusalem with a blessing of peace. In John 14, 27, Jesus says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give, he said, is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. In our dream session earlier this year, the desire was expressed that this church be a place for us to experience peace. We want the blessing of God's peace to reside here in this physical space and in the community that we are building and that God is building here. And I want to say something, too, about where, the way Jesus said, the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. The world tries to say it has something to give us in the realm of blessing, in the realm of contentment, in the realm of peace. It will always attempt to offer a counterfeit to us. And we need to remember that as we go on looking through here and understanding what this wisdom is telling us, because it's, it will never satisfy. <laughs> it will never satisfy. Jesus is the one who gives us the true blessing of God. So verse 1, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked 
or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. Now, if you were reading that with the eyes of perhaps a choreographer for a stage setting, what you see there are three different types of postures or movement. First off, who does not walk in step with the wicked? Blessed is the one who doesn't do that. And, and many have noted this, that, that the person starts out walking in step with the wicked. So let's just picture a, a walking down the sidewalk and, and deciding to walk along where they're going. <laughs> but then, or stand in the way that sinners take. The sinner just stopped at a door and you stop with them. Or sit in the company of mockers. Now you've gone inside, you've sat down around the table, and you are there with where you shouldn't be. So the, this blessing, this wisdom, starts with telling us what to not do. And the, the, the best way to not get down to being sitting in the room is to not start the walking down the road with the wicked. Just stay away. <laughs> Go the other direction. Go the path that the Lord has given us. In Proverbs, it says, don't look to the left, don't look to the right. Just keep going where God is directing your steps. So that's the don't do this. And then the next verse says, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Now, the law of the Lord is God's word. Delight in the law of the Lord. Find pleasure in God's word. Let it speak to you. Let it encourage you. Let it wash you. Thank you so much, Rachel, for leading us in a time, a prayer of confession that really needs to be part of our regular rhythm. And, and then let his word refresh you and meditate on it. Now, how do you do that? Well, it has been said that if you know how to worry, you know how to meditate. Now, you know, I probably don't even need to give you an example of how to worry because we've all been there. You get an idea in your head and then you think of every possible way it could go, right? So whether you're imagining a sickness or an accident, or an argument, or on and on and on. You got it, right? You understand how to do that. Well, what if we could take that practice and turn it around into a healthy practice of biblical meditation? You find a scripture, and you just let it roll around in your mind, and you think of all the possible ways that that could, where, where could that go? What could happen with that? So we're going to practice now with verse 3. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read it. And then we're going to spend a moment meditating on these words. I'm going to leave it on the screen for you. 
And I'm going to be quiet. And we're going to meditate. So verse 3. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. I want to ask us to spend a moment meditating on that verse. like to ask if anyone would like to share something that that moment of meditation spoke to you, something that stood out in it to you. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I'm going to repeat it for that the yielding fruit in its season takes off the pressure to um, <laughs> eternal productivity, right? Like there's a time to rest and a time to for the fruit to be born. Any anyone else? Being by a tree that is by a stream of water is a place full of joy. And an interesting thing, that when we were on vacation, we were seeing a different type of tree that grows in the water in that region of the country. And that this, this is a, a, a truth in all climates, I think, that there's different kinds of trees, but a tree planted by a stream of water is a... It, it just brings strength and it brings joy, yeah. Anybody else? We, you know, Corinthians talks to us about, if, does anyone have anything to share? And, and I want us to get better about being open to that space. <laughs> to, because hearing from each other allows just, just a, an, an additional way for the Holy Spirit to speak to us. So I want to allow for that. Does anyone else have something they want to share? Yes.
Yes. Right. So the being planted there provides continual nourishment. Yes. Anybody else? I, the thing that stood out to me was uh, the, how the leaf does not wither. Now that part sounds supernatural. <laughs> it, it sounds like what kind of tree does that? But the, the reality of in God, maybe um, in addition to the reality of the fruit being yielded in its season, there is this also supernatural regeneration that happens in our life that helps us continue to have that that life of God, that blessing that, that to flow through us. This is just a small, quick example of what this wisdom psalm is telling us, that if we will meditate on his word, and I want to encourage you because I have a, I have a feeling that not a single one of us will make it through this week without um, something to worry on. <laughs> Some something will come up and will create a, a opportunity for us to mentally dwell on that thing and, and, ex, and exaggerate it into more than it actually is at, at the moment. And we, I want to encourage us to turn that thing and move to meditating on the word of God. Why? Because this is wisdom for us from God on how to live in his blessing. He wants to pour his blessing out on us. But when we move away from what he's called us to do, it shuts that down. And we want to be open and receiving the blessing of God in our life. Amen. A very, very important concept about blessing in the scripture is that God is the source. There's not some sense of sometimes I get my blessings from God. Sometimes I go somewhere else and get my blessings. That's not the scriptural understanding of blessings. God is the source of blessing in our life. And this meditation is a way to move into God's blessing. It does not create the blessing. The blessing is from God. God is the giver of all good things. And in that regard, we are now going to move to the very end of the Psalms. And it, this psalm is a hymn. And as I pointed out earlier in this series, the psalms has a movement through it. And as it's coming up to the end, the final chapters in the book of Psalms are a virtual fireworks of praise in these, um, as we get there. And so that is because of this acknowledgement of the goodness of God, his grace, his blessings in our lives, the, the 
the praising him for what he's done, what he's doing, what we know he's going to do. In the New Testament, many of the uses of the word blessing are in the aspect of praise. God's people calling out blessing and honor and strength to our God. It's like as we've received his blessing, we turn around and we bless him. Even though he's the source, it reflects through our lives and back to him. So I, here's what we're going to do. We're going to stand together and we're going to read this psalm aloud. Okay, this is a psalm of praise. And I'm going to ask you to... Um, Speak a little bit above conversational volume, okay? Can you think you can do it? I want to ask us to do that. So above conversational volume, we're going to read Psalm 150 together. Are you ready? Let's go. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heaven. Praise him for his mighty works. Praise his unequaled greatness. Praise him with a blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with the lyre and harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise him with strings and flutes. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Praise him with loud clanging cymbals. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. I want you to do that for a moment. Praise the Lord. Lord, we praise you for you are good. You are mighty. You are the giver of blessings into our lives. We thank you for your goodness to us. Amen and amen. Amen. We're going to close with prayer. And I want you to take what we've learned in the Psalms and, and find the reality of how it can fit into your life, not just on Sundays, but as you are practically serving God. Let's pray. Mm. Lord, we ask for your blessing. We do not want to spurn anything that is from you. And I pray, O oh Lord, that we would be open to receive the blessing of God, the success that you offer, and that we would flow in those blessings, not in any way that is uh, selfish or greedy or oppresses the weak or any of the things that you've taught us in your word that we should avoid, but that we are following you and receiving your blessing in our life. Oh God, we need that and we pray for that. And I pray that each one here would learn from your wisdom to not follow the way of the sinner, to not fall prey to the tricks of the devil or the world, but instead to be wise and to delight ourselves in you and in your word. And I pray for that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Well, blessing is a part of the way the scripture is written, and I'm going to send you out with this blessing today. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you. And oh Lord, let it be, give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's go in the name of the Lord. If you enjoyed today's message, why not share it with a friend? I invite you to subscribe at Apple Podcast and our YouTube channel. We'd love to hear your feedback and comments. So glad that you were with us today. Look forward to seeing you next week. At Vienna Assembly of God, we love God, others, and life. And we're leading our community in a growing relationship with God.